Welcome to the Win Daily Podcast. We're doing the Sunday, August 11th slate. This is Jason Mizrahi, and I got Brandon Williams. Brandon, how you doing, bud? Brandon, I'm y'all. Brandon is doing quite well. Uh, very good Saturday night of baseball, especially if you benefited off of the Astros and also Aristides Aquino. Uh, those two, you know, that lineup and Aquino really mashed for a lot of DFS guys on Saturday night. You're not going to mention my Mets, huh, Brandon? Just, just totally forget about the New York Mets on a crazy run, getting me to believe, getting Scott to believe. They did it again, man. It's I, I'm not even watching these games. I just I refresh my phone because I'm running around on a Saturday night, and they're losing, they're winning, and then they win a game again late. After the whole entire first half of the season, blowing every game late, now they're winning games late. Pretty crazy run. I don't know how long it's going to continue, but – your Houston Astros um, got the night off right. I had Alvarez. I had Bregman. I didn't have Aquino in my lineups, but Houston carried me to cash. And it's a tough little dilemma because this guy, Wojciechowski, has been good as of late. How do you feel about your Astros? You know, everybody's going to be on them again after what they did on Saturday. Do you feel confident against going Wojciechowski? Uh, I don't think they are. No, obviously not. They're not going to score 23 runs. And I totally agree. There are going to be a lot of people looking to pile on into that lineup. Uh, I would actually stay away from it. Uh, you know, especially when it comes to putting a, an Astro stack. Wojciechowski has not pitched bad at all this season. Uh, he's you know had some up and downs, but he also remember you know he's a former Astro. Uh, and has struck out more than a batter per inning. So I'm kind of staying away from that one. Uh, if you look at Justin Berlander, obviously, you know, he's going to be a big uh, uh, big moneymaker uh, for a lot of people. You know, he struck out 10 and four consecutive starts. So if you look at an anchor your rotation uh, with Berlander, I think that you're doing, a, you know, you're doing yourself a pretty good job. Yeah, I think Berlander's a, a tough decision to make. And, and same thing with Houston. Like, Wojciechowski's been good. Um, but the Houston lineup is better than Mojahowski. And if they get to this guy early, it could be another slugfest again because the Baltimore Orioles, they didn't have a good bullpen going into this, ser- into this series, and they've been using a, a ton of bullpen arms, so they probably have nobody left for Sunday. So if they knock around Mojahowski early, it's going to be another bloodbath. So I don't hate a Houston stack. I'm going to try my best to find something um, that's maybe a little bit sneaky to get off the high ownership. And I just can't see myself. It's going to be near impossible playing Houston bats with Verlander. So it's kind of like a, a catch-22. You're going to grab one of them and not the other one. And they both can go out there and, and you know, show up. And Verlander, you know, he can drop 60 points. And, you know, Houston can go out there and, you know, put up 10 runs. So it's going to be a tough little equation. Obviously, I'm not getting Baltimore bats in here. Um, so it's, it, it's Verlander. It's Houston. But let's see if we can find something else here. We got um, Kashner pitching at home against the Angels. This could be a, a spot to attack um, Kashner. And then you got Patrick Sandoval, lefty, going into Boston. Um, and J.D. starting to heat up. Looks like Mookie Betts is starting to heat up. You always had Devers in there playing well all season long. Bogarts. Uh, how do you feel about a, a, a Boston Red Sox sack against Sandoval? Uh, I think you can certainly pull that off. You know, Martinez is going for 4,400. Uh, Bogarts is going at 41. Uh, you could probably still get Andrew Benatendi in there at 37. Uh, Devers, 43. There's certainly some flexibility, you know, in a potential Red Sox stack here. Yeah, I think they go a little bit under-owned. Uh, Sandoval, 
young guy, had a good first start, but going into Boston's a little bit different. So I think Boston will come, you know, lower owned than Houston. Probably a little bit better of a matchup, but you know, it, it's a tough call which team I like better. How do you feel about these Angels against Cashner? They're definitely going to be on their own compared to the two teams we just mentioned. Do you like an Angel stack versus Cashner, or has Cashner showed enough to to stay away? I think that there's enough in there to consider an, an Angel stack. Oh, he's given up four runs or more in four of his five starts with Boston. Uh, he's really struggled with uh, the long ball, 28 to 30 innings. He's given up seven home runs uh, in a Red Sox uniform. That means, obviously, you know, there's going to be a lot of attention for uh, Mike Trout at uh, 4,800. You, you can still put together a pretty decent stack, even without Trout. Shohei Atani and his DH, uh, 3,800. Justin Upton, who hits better on the road anyway, is at 3,400. I think you could probably slide in and out of pool holes if he's in the lineup at 2,800. He's an all-or-nothing threat. But with the way Cashner's giving up home runs, you can easily put pools in there as a low-risk uh, play at first base and get a pretty good uh, reward out of it. Yeah, these two early games, you know, not early, but we're talking about them early. But these two games here are probably your best shootout potential. So look to target bats, Otani, Calhoun, um, get sneaky, maybe slide a guy like Pulos in. It's going to be tough playing without Trout in your stacks, but, you know, you know he's going to be high-owned, so... But you're definitely right. Cashner was always, his whole career, he's been prone for the home run. When he when he limits home runs and he strikes people out, he'll have some good outings, but then he'll have some terrible outings where he lets up two, three home runs and gets knocked around and gets out of the game in the first two, three innings. So, you know, it's another game to potential stack. Look at the lineup, see if you can get some value out of it. Maybe get a guy like, you know, one of the second basemen uh, for the Angels that slides in there cheap to, you know, round out your, your stacks. Now you got Tanaka going in Toronto. These young guys out of Toronto are starting to hit. This lineup's starting to get a little bit scarier. Um, not that I, I really want to stack uh, Toronto bats versus Tanaka, but Tanaka is cheap at 6,800. He might be intriguing if you want to, you know, try to figure out a way to get these Astros bats. And then you got Trent Thornton, 5,800. You know, Yankees lineup is, is somewhat depleted, but they're coming off a good series. I can't see myself playing Thornton, and it's going to be a tough time playing Tanaka. Even though their FanDuel is tempting you at 6,800 and the Yankees should be favorites going into this game, it's going to be a tough spot to, to feel confident playing either, either of these pitchers. Do you like either of these teams for a stack? Do you like stacking against Thornton with these Yankees bats? Guys like Touchman's been hitting good. Marcella um, has been hitting good. How do you feel about uh, a Yankee stack? Uh, I think that you're – Probably, you know, fare well uh, with the Yankees stack here. You know, both pitchers, you know, like you mentioned, uh, it's tempting, especially with Tanaka. But Tanaka's got an ERA approaching five right now. He has been tagged, you know, significantly in his last four outings. 24 earned runs in that span, which has shot his ERA up. Uh, you know, DJ LeMayhew is going to be a bit expensive at 4,200. But still, uh, you could probably go a bit of, you're probably looking at Aaron Judge at 4,000. If you've got Brett Garner in the lineup, which you probably will since he's a lefty, 3,300, there's a bargain uh, There's some bargain potential there. I don't think that you can go wrong if uh, Andrew, if Austin Robot is getting the start behind the plate, 2,900 bucks. He does give you some significant thump. I'm going to, and I talked with Scott on Saturday about how much I like Cameron Maven uh, at 3,400. I think that he's a pretty solid play. 
Uh, the power, you know, and I touched on it on uh, Saturday. He's starting to develop power at an older age. Uh, he was once a guy that, you know, was kind of disappointing uh, with the power numbers, but it looks like he's starting to develop some pop in his back. No, no, I heard the podcast. I do agree there. there there's some potential there for Yankee stack. And again, you know, the way the Yankees, you know, kind of have a, a depleted lineup here, they're going to go under-owned again. You know, and in a slate like this, where there's going to be a couple heavily owned stacks with the Houston or Boston or the Angels, the Yankees might get slept on. And it might be a time for them to, you know, jump back on this pitcher and grab five, six, seven runs early, knock him out against his bullpen. Um, so Yankee stack definitely in play. And I'm going to try to fade the Toronto stack. I think Tanaka's good enough to stay away. Uh, probably the best pitcher on the slate that I think of outside of Verlander is going to be DeGrom. Mets have been hot. They blew so many games for him early in the season, took away a lot of his wins, just like they did last year. But hopefully they get him a win. Uh, it's a big, you know, big series for the Mets. They're pitching at home. He's coming in at 11-7, slightly cheaper than Verlander. I think he's in a better spot than Verlander, potentially. Um, so he'd probably be my cash game play. I feel safe playing either one. But I'll take the discount of $800 over um, Verlander here. And then Anibal Sanchez, he hasn't been bad. He's been pretty good, to be honest with you. Um, 3.67 ERA. He's been battling in games, lasting five, six, seven innings pretty much in every start. Um, but these Mets are sneaky good here. Um, guys like Conforto, Alonzo, you know, they might go very, very low owned here. So I, I like Conforto potentially, but, you know, more as a one-off because Sanchez has been good at limiting um, damage, but at 3,400, Conforto makes some sense for me. Um, outside of that, I'm pretty much going to stay away from this game. If I'm playing a lot of cash, I'll probably split my ownership between Verlander and DeGrom. And then for the Mets, you know, maybe a couple of one-offs and try to grab some value, you know, maybe with a Conforto or, you know, maybe a J.D. Davis would be about it for me. McNeil, 3,200, he makes some sense. I would love to get Alonzo in his lineup, but he's too expensive right now. Uh, for my liking, so I'll probably stay away from, you know, Alonzo at 4,100 versus a tougher righty in Sanchez. Um, DeGrom versus Verlander, who do you feel safer um, rolling out in cash games? Uh, I would probably feel uh, better with DeGrom. Uh, you got to look at his numbers, you know, the last 14 starts, 115 strikeouts, a 208 ERA, and you look at a 591 OPS during that stretch. Uh, DeGrom is red hot. The Mets are red hot. They're in a, a more favorable pitching park uh, at City Field than Verlander is in uh, in uh, Camden Yards. Uh, you really can't go wrong with either one, but if I'm choosing, I would probably go with DeGrom. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, and like I said, one-offs, Conforto, McNeil, you know, would be the guys I target if I target any batters from this game. But we talked about three games before this that all look better from a, from a hitting potential um, so I'd probably stay away from all the bats in this game. Uh, next game has been a surprising series. Um, Cincinnati's been beating up on Chicago. And I think, you know, if I had to bet on this game tomorrow, uh, Castillo has been pitching lights out. He's probably in line for another win here at 10-8. I'm not going to target um, Castillo versus the Cubs, though. You know, even though the Cubs have been, you know, struggling a little bit and Castillo has been pitching great and, you know, good pitching will beat. Uh, good hitting. I just don't feel safe paying 10-8 for a guy pitching, you know, in, in Great American Ballpark. The ball flies out there. It's going to be hot tomorrow. Um, so I'm going to stay away from Castillo. I don't 
dislike to play for GPPs. I think he's a great GPP pivot off of Verlander and Negrom. But for for an extra nine hundred dollars, I'd rather take the safety in Negrom over Castillo. But you know, I don't dislike to play. And these Cincinnati bats have been pretty much on fire. Aquino, you know, batting fourth in his lineup, thirty six hundred dollars on FanDuel. He's going to be highly owned tomorrow. Suarez has had a great season. A little expensive for $3,900. Um, Lester's been pretty good here, you know, all season long. Pretty consistent. So, you know, maybe for a one-off, uh, maybe for a low-owned stack, if I'm making six, seven, you know, lineups, maybe I'll take a shot here. But outside of that, again, I'm probably going to stay away from uh, this game in general. Like I said, maybe cherry-pick a couple righties. How do you feel about Castillo? Do you like him maybe in a GPP, or are you going to stay away from this game? I'm going to stay away from this game because this one looks like it has the potential to really get out of control early. Uh, Castillo, you know, had 13 strikeouts in his last start. He's had a nice track record in his brief career against the Cubs. Uh, Lester, you know, we saw what he did in his last start. 10 runs on Tuesday against the A's. Uh, so this game has the potential to really get out of control early. Could be one of those uh, games where you've got both pitchers, you know, taking early exits in this one. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know about early exits. You know, I think I think uh, Castillo holds up here. Um, Lester, on the other hand, I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't know how he how, how he pitches in the situation here. Like I said, Aquino and Suarez and Senzo have been heating up. They've been beating up on him. You know, since he might be another sneaky stack, they've been attacking um, attacking pitchers. Suarez. They've seen Lester a lot, too, so it's not like a pitcher that they haven't seen. Um, so Suarez hit him good. You know, he's basically 12 for 37, four home runs. Um, Votto seen him enough. He hits him. So I think since he's a sneaky stack, I think Castillo is a sneaky GBP play. But I'll probably stay away in general. I think there's better spots overall. Um, we had, now we got this game um, in, K- in Kansas City versus Detroit. Daniel Norris is pitching at home against Jacob Junis. Junius has been good as of late. You know, he might be your value pitcher of the slate at 8,600. He just come off a game, you know, in Boston when he dropped 37 points. And then he has these sneaky upside games when he can, you know, he can reach 40, 50 points on FanDuel. So, you know, Jacob Junius at 8,600 versus a team like Detroit that's depleted. They were bad before they lost Castellanos. Now, you know, that lineup's looking a little bit weaker how do you feel about Junis as a value play going into uh, Sunday afternoon? Uh, there's some strong potential uh, in him. Uh, six innings and six straight starts, so you know he's going to be able to uh, get the ball at least uh, into getting close to the seventh inning. Uh, pretty solid outing against the Reds on, on Tuesday night. So I would like his chances here. Uh, when you look at the Detroit bats, there's really no one that uh, you, know, you can really feel good about. Nico Goodrum at thirty at uh, three thousand uh, has been hitting well up late. Uh, Miguel Cabrera is a guy that I like at home. Uh, he has hit well at home this season. Uh, other than that, there's really nothing that you like because when you look at this Tigers lineup, it looks a lot like a Triple A squad. Yeah, it's bad, man. You know, at this part of the season, we're starting to see trends. You know, if you're following the game, the teams that I want to target, you know, KC, Detroit, they're both the teams that I want to target. And the other team I've been wanting to target all, you know, for the second half and pretty much all year long are these Miami Marlins. And you got Fulton Nevich coming off an injury, coming off minor leagues, went out there in his first game back and pitched really well in a tougher matchup. 
Um, he went into Minnesota, seven strikeouts, five innings, dropped 34 points, got the win. Um, now, if he can do that in Minnesota, one would think he can go into Miami and pitch a good game. So I think, you know, here's another guy here at 7,700, even cheaper. You know, the, the Braves are going to win this game most likely. So if you can give him the win, if he can find a way to get six innings in that quality start, I think he pushes, you know, into the 40s. If you get 40 out of a guy that's 7,700, he probably comes in as one of the top value plays. I think he's a, in a better spot than Junis, um, a little bit safer than Junis, you know, because of the matchup, but it's close. But that $900 will make a big difference in your lineup when you're trying to grab your bats. So I really like Fulton Evich and Junis. I won't hate you for playing either one, but I'll give the slight edge to Fulty just because of that discount and the Miami, you know, Marlins uh, bats. Don't fear me at all. Um, and on the backside, I think Atlanta, another team that comes in kind of sneaky. Acuna's been super hot. Um, he just tears up the Marlins. And, he, you know, you always like a guy like Freddie Freeman. Um, Albies has been super hot as well. So here's another game that, you know, they see Miami Marlins Park, Pitchers Park. The Braves will be forgotten for sure on Sunday afternoon. For sure they'll be forgotten. Um, do you feel safe? Can you trust Mike fulton I would trust him in uh, this one. Uh, the Marlins have not hit the Braves well this season. They've hit the you know, composite 228 uh, going into Saturday's uh, contest. You know, it's probably dropped after Saturday evening. Uh, I think that if he's able to give you around six innings, uh, you're going to get some pretty solid numbers out of him. Marlins have a lot of free swingers in that lineup, so I would not be surprised if you get a better than average strikeout total from Fulte. Yeah, I think that's a, a good call right there, man. I really do. Um, so I like Fulte. Um, We got Berrios now. He's pitching at home. Cleveland's been heating up. Berrios is 9,400. He's slightly discounted, you know, underneath the other aces here. I just can't pull the trigger. Um, as much as I like his game, it's more due to price than anything else, and it has to do with, you know, Cleveland heating up a little bit. Where I don't think he pitches a bad game, but I just don't see him hitting value, and I'll, I'll take the safety. If I'm all the way up in the 9,000 range, you know, there's a couple of guys that I prefer over him. You know, whether that means I got to spend more money to get to the Grom or Verlander or, you know, take a chance on a, on a Mike Miner. I think they're just in better spots than, uh, you know, versus this Cleveland, you know, lineup right now. This game, for the most part, is a stay-away spot for me. You know, both pitchers, this young guy, Savalo, has pitched great in his two starts, and Barreos is good. Um I'm going to stay away. I'll watch this game from a pitching perspective, but I don't really like it from a DFS perspective. So, Brandon, if you got anything for me, you know, any insight, a reason to jump on any of these guys pitching or maybe grab some bats, um, you let me know. Uh, you, you want to go after Jose Ramirez's bat, it's going to be pretty high at uh, 37 uh, for Cleveland. Uh, in Minnesota, if there's a bat that I would take a shot at, I would probably look at perhaps uh, Miguel Sano. If only for uh, the home run potential there. Uh, other than that, you know, this is a game that, you know, if I'm putting a lineup together for tomorrow, it certainly is one I am going to stay away from. I just don't see a lot of potential. I don't see a lot of upside, obviously, in either of the pitchers, but also in the, uh, the offense as well. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think it's a stay away spot overall. Um, now we got a game that piques my interest for one reason. Yelich sat out on Saturday. You got Mike Miner, a lefty, going into Milwaukee. 
the guy's been super consistent all year long, not really getting much respect from anybody, and he just keeps going out there and doing his thing. Um, lefty going into Miller Park. You know, if Yelich is out of that lineup and Milwaukee rolls out, you know, somewhat of a depleted lineup, he gets to face a pitcher. He's coming off a start where he dropped 52 versus Cleveland. Milwaukee hasn't been really hitting anybody as of late. Um, their lineup is just, you know, they're struggling right now. They were, they came out of the season super hot, just dominating teams, and they just can't find ways to win right, right now. And you got to follow the trends. If, if a team's struggling, you know, we target them with pitching, and Mike Miner has the K potential, and Milwaukee's striking out a bunch at 9,200. You know, he's another guy that you really got to take into consideration. You know, when I when I look at Barrios and Miner, you know, name recognition makes me want to go with Barrios, but you know, recent production and matchups says go with Mike Miner at ninety two hundred. How do you feel about Miner against these uh, Brewers? Uh, agree completely with you uh, on your points about going with Miner, especially the fact that he will be getting a take on the pitcher. Uh, you're facing a Milwaukee lineup that, you know, like you said, they have not hit the ball well of late, but they're still a way, they're way too expensive in some cases to uh, put in your lineup, you know, in hopes that maybe Sunday is the day they come out of it. I'd stay away from Brewers in this one. Uh, Miner is certainly a bargain play here. Uh, a guy who could probably pop uh, maybe 50, 55 points fairly easy, and I don't think that either of us would be shocked if he did. Yep. Um, here's a tougher question. We know Miner's good. I played, you know, Hauser was like 4,500 on DraftKings on Saturday night. And I played him and he went out there and dropped, I think it was like 28, 29 points. He ended up being the best player of the slate on a pitching side of things for that value. Um, Jordan Lyles, you know, probably a better pitcher than Hauser. He gets the same matchup of this K heavy, you know, Texas lineup. He's seven thousand dollars on Fanduel. He's popping in our projection models. Um, what do you, what do you think about Jordan Lyles? Almost a five point ERA here, coming off two decent starts. He, you know, he he has some ceiling games this year when he went out there and struck out seven guys, but he also has games when he's gone negative in between there. So. I don't know. He's had a, you know, he has the potential. He has that K upside. Texas does strike out. Um, 7,000 on Fandle. This is GPP only that we're talking about. We're not playing Jordan Lyles in our cash games, but how do you feel about Lyles? Can he go out there and get you the win, go six innings, and maybe get you four or five Ks? I think he can. Uh, he's pitched well in his uh, first couple of outings uh, with the Brewers. Uh, I think that the thing that makes me, uh, what makes Jordan Lyles appealing to me is that he's pitching you know, in a pennant race, whereas in Pittsburgh he's just kind of like playing out the screen. Uh, like you mentioned, the Rangers are a free, are a very free swinging team. They lead the majors in uh, batter strikeouts. Lyles is a guy that can get hot, and I get a feeling that Sunday is going to be a game where he does get hot. I would certainly go with him in a GPP format. Yeah, I think he's a great play for GPPs, and you know we're not really looking at DraftKings pricing right now. But if he's if he's cheap on DraftKings for an SP two, um, that would make some sense as well. Uh, another guy to look at, uh, Lucas Giolito. Lopez held down these these athletics on Saturday night. Giolito's, you know, obviously a, a little bit better of a pitcher than Lopez. He's 9,800. I would definitely take Miner over Giolito, but I think we still need to talk about Giolito here. Oakland's been struggling. They're not hitting the ball well. 
Um, they do strike out a, a good amount. Giolito's coming off two good starts. We dropped, you know, 49 against the Mets, 43 against the Tigers. Um, how do you feel about Giolito at 9,800? Had a real strong, you know, first half, cooled off a little bit, and now he's starting to heat up again. Price, I wish, was a little bit cheaper, to be honest. Like I said, I think I'd rather take minor for the discount. Um, but I think Giolito's in consideration. You know, there's a lot of good pitching on this slate, which usually doesn't happen too often on a Sunday. So in GPPs, you really got to consider everybody. And I think Giolito is a guy you got to at least think about. Um, he's just in a weird spot pitching-wise. Outside of him, though, nobody else is really playable in this game. There's nobody I want on the White Sox as far as hitting goes. Nobody I really want. You know, if you want to maybe grab Matt Olson and hope he hits two home runs versus Giolito, go right ahead. But I'm staying away from all bats in this game. But, Brandon, Giolito, where do you put him? Do you put him ahead of Minor? Do you put him ahead of Castillo? Where do you got him on your, your top five? I would put him ahead of Castillo, but I can't put him in front of Minor. Um, Giolito comes off a great outing uh, on Monday. You know, struck out eight. He's starting to use his changeup a bit more, and that probably falls right into uh, the hands of the A's to strike out a ton on Sunday afternoon here. Uh, like you mentioned, you know, Oakland is not hitting the ball. They're all or nothing team. If they're not mashing the ball out the yard, they're not doing much else. So this game shakes up to be a very strong alley for Gilito. If you do put him in in a G, uh, in a GPP, I certainly would uh, not go. I certainly would not frown against it because I think that there is some upside to uh, Gilito. Perhaps going you know, at least fifty. Wouldn't be shocked if he does go beyond fifty in this one. Yeah, and I think he's. There's a lot of good pitching options here, especially on the top end. I think, you know, because he's on the White Sox, because he's not in a pennant race, because he's not really been, you know, real consistent as of late, he'll be forgotten. Everybody's going to either pay off for Ver- Verlander, DeGrom, and, and probably grab even. I think he comes fifth owned, you know, from the high-end pitching. He'll probably go under 10%. So if he goes out there and pitches that gem of a game, and Verlander lets up a couple home runs, and DeGrom... You know, is in a battle and he gets knocked around early where he doesn't get the win. It might be Giolito that outshines everybody. So I think in GPPs, you know, if you're making multiple lineups, maybe get 5% or 10% Giolito in there and just hope he goes out there and, and outduels those guys ahead of him. Um, last game in the slate, not a too exciting of a game for me. Steven Brault uh, pitching on a road against Miles Michaelis. Um, not guys that I really want to – I, I kind of want to target um, these Pittsburgh bats because they've been really, really, really struggling. But I don't know if I can get behind Mikolas. I'm obviously not playing Brawl. Really don't want to play any of the bats from this game. Can you get behind Mikolas? He's been very inconsistent. He doesn't have that much upside. Um, Pittsburgh doesn't strike out too much. But if you look back a couple games, um, two games ago he dropped 34 against them. And then two games before that, he had a complete game shutout uh, against Pittsburgh. So looks like he's got Pittsburgh's number. Um, he's been 25 and above in his last five starts. He's going to hang in these games. His ceiling is probably 45, 46, somewhere in that range if he pitches a perfect game. Um, I'm looking back at his game logs. He, he's pitched against Pittsburgh uh, earlier in May. He dropped 40 against them. Um, He's got their number all season long. So at 7,600, 
maybe, you know, maybe you can consider him. I just don't know if he has the upside um, when you have all these aces on the slate. More more so an SP2. I'll check his price tag while Brandon gives me a rundown. Do you like Mikolas at all here? Do you, do you want the safety here, or do you need the upside when you got all these other aces going? There's some upside with him. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, he has done well against the Pirates this season. And has also uh, found his groove back since the All-Star break. You know, five starts, he's got a 2.18 ERA. But yet something tells me to avoid him. Uh, it just I just don't get a very strong vibe about him. Again, like you mentioned, if this was a day where you, know, you didn't have a lot of uh, elite starters uh, out there, you might consider him a little bit more. But with the type of name value and the type of potential that's out there on uh, Sunday, uh, he's a guy that is uh, pushed by the wayside and not feel bad about it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So just to give a quick recap, I think you got the Grom up top. Um, I think Verlander is still a great play. He's definitely going to get the win. He'll probably get seven, eight Ks. You know, it's just a it's a hitter's park, and the Grom is a little bit cheaper. So if I was to play cash games, I'm thinking I split my ownership between the Grom, Verlander, um, Minor. Um, and maybe grab a little bit of Fulton Nevish um, for value or Jordan Lyles for value and split it up, you know, a little bit of ownership throughout there. Same thing with GPPs, maybe add Castillo, um, Minor, Giolito to the GPP mix. And if you want to get, if you want to get cute, you can, you can maybe throw in some Jacob Junior shares outside of that. I think that's your pitching core, um, from a hitting perspective, it's these first couple games of the slate that we mentioned that makes the most sense to me. You know, on this early podcast before we see the lineups, Astros swinging really hot bats. Um, definitely can target any of those bats in Houston. Um, Boston bats, Angels bats, and Yankees bats are probably, you know, next in line for me. And then if you want to get cute and you want to, you know, try to find an under-owned stack, I think the Braves go under-owned. I think the Reds go under-owned. And, you know, maybe these Twins, you know, give the Twins a shot here too against the rookie Maybe they bounce back and they, you know, they have an explosive lineup with Kepler and Polanco, Sano, Rosario. Um, there's a shot there. Brandon, any finishing touches? Any gut feels that you feel about on Sunday? Uh, I think that there might be uh, some potential in a, a Blue Jay stack. Uh, they've been hitting the ball. Well, they've been hitting the ball well, and they're also fairly. They're still somewhat inexpensive uh, in some cases. Vladimir Guerrero, 36. I would like to put, get Bobichet in there. But I think that Bichette will start hitting a cooling off stage at some point. Kevin Biggio uh, is affordable enough to uh, get in the lineup. And with the way that uh, Tanaka has pitched the play, I think that a Blue Jay stack is could be sneaky good here. No, I like that call, man. I really like that call. Biggio will probably slide back up to the two-hole there. Guerrero's cheap. It's just getting the other two guys right. Who do you want? Do you want Justin Smoke? Do you want to grab Guriel or Biggio? Or maybe Galvez gets in the lineup somehow. You know, so let's see how these lineups roll out. Uh, we, will, we will be updating, you know, our projection models, our cheat sheets on Sunday morning. So make sure you check out the site, winddailysports.com. Brandon, it was a pleasure again. You'll be hearing more of Brandon on podcasts. Check out his articles, you know, all weekend long. Brandon, it was a pleasure doing our first show together. Hopefully there'll be many more to come. Um, any finishing touches besides that Blue Jay sneaky stack? Uh, oh, uh, I've had a blast doing this one. It's our first one. Uh, great, you know, great show uh, with you, Jason. And uh, there certainly will be more uh, with us uh, in the very near future.
All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. Let's have a good Sunday. All right. Same with you. Later, brother. All right.